Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, CarCast coming up soon. We're going to talk about... uh, We're going to talk about the... EV SUV from GM. They got the Hummer EV truck, and now they've got the Hummer EV SUV. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the new Toyota BR86 and some uh, some initial test uh, reviews on the Mustang Mach 1 and some more. Before we get started, uh, Empire covers. You know, nowadays, cars are designed to keep you safe on the road, but are you providing the same protection for your car when it's parked, when it's off the road? Well, Empire Covers offers high-quality, affordable covers engineered to protect against rain, UV rays, tree sap, pollen, pretty much anything that damages your vehicle's paint, uh, which is interesting because we talk about that on the show as well. So for premium protection, try American Armor Cover. It proudly made it, they're, they're proudly made in their Kentucky factory, and they have covers for RVs, boats, motorcycles, and pretty much anything with an engine. All covers come with a free multi-year warranty. Uh, you get free shipping plus 15% off your entire order with promo code CARCAST. Visit empirecovers.com slash CARCAST and use the promo code CARCAST. That's empirecovers.com slash CARCAST. Protect what you love. Welcome to CarCast. I'm at the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg from Texas. How are you? I'm great, man. You know, the car scene out here is so awesome. I got to tell you, you know, my neighbor's got the, the TRX, right? Yeah. Well, now he has another one. Oh, really? Already? Yeah, it's like, what do I got? I mean, I move <laughs> to the middle of nowhere, and now I got to compete with guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> he got I got to figure out what I'm doing there. Yeah, he got two of them. That's interesting. That's yeah, real interesting. I, I know a lot of guys who would just love to have one right now. I can't even get their hands on them. So yeah, no, I, I'm going to get in close with Martin. Right. I know. Uh, I know some people that kind of would like one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like let's 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 put it mildly. Um, all right. Well, anyway. speaking of that, let's kick this off with a word from our friends at Dodge. Dodge has been ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal. For but for mass market brands by JD Power, it's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com to schedule your test drive. Uh, all right, so there's some uh, interesting news that's been going on recently. We've got um, uh, GM announced the all-electric Hummer SUV. Uh, we've got that. Uh, testing, uh, press drives and testing has been happening on the Mustang Mach 1, which seems very interesting. Uh, I was, for some reason, left off that list, which also seemed interesting. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) They're probably like, well, you're going to order one to get one anyway, so why do we need to invite you out? Yeah, we already hooked. Yeah. (laughs) Our job is done. Right? So, yeah, it's already sold. Like Dodge bringing out all the Hellcat events. Now I got six of them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't need us to go to another event to try to sell these cars more. We already know we're going to be selling them because we're talking exactly. about them all the time. Um, 
All right, so let's start with the with the Hummer SUV. So we saw the Hummer pickup truck, right? It was like a Super Bowl commercial. We saw it at Barrett Jackson in Scottsdale. They auctioned off VIN number one when it becomes available. I saw it in person, the white one, the prototype. It's massive. It actually looks pretty cool. It's it's pretty badass. And what they're talking about of like a thousand horsepower, zero to sixty in three seconds, the crab walk mode. It just has some pretty cool features that uh EV or not, like I I don't have stuff against EV. I just don't like the idea of people trying to take away the things that we we do love, right? So uh, you know, what must- kind of a world do we live in when the headline says, why does the new Hummer, why is the second version of the Hummer only going to have 850? Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what, what we're, what we're what getting at. Way. So the, the Hummer that was released is the four-door pickup truck version. And now there's the Hummer EV SUV. That's literally what they're calling it right now, the EV SUV. And it's just as cool. I mean, it looks badass. It has a removable like roof panel. Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure if that's more like a Targa or if that's kind of a T-top thing with some sort of, you know, spine in the middle. Um, but yes, so it doesn't have the thousand horsepower. It only has 830 horsepower. Uh, <laughs> what kind of a world do we live in? This is awesome. <laughs> there's there's um there's the dual motor and then the three motor version, right? And uh it'll be six hundred and twenty-five horsepower or the three motor version will be eight hundred and thirty horsepower. And I know that's a little less than what they were saying on the pickup truck version, but it comes down to simply battery size and space. That's that's what it is, is the pickup truck version has a longer bed and a longer chassis, so it has more room to put a battery down the kind of the middle in between the tires of this thing, and that's it. The SUV is a little bit smaller, arguably more functional, right, as, as far as driving it like around town or all the, you know, the Hollywood and Beverly Hills people that are going to pick up these things. Uh, Depending more, upon how big this thing is. Yeah, so I saw the the truck. The truck's pretty big. You know, the the, the pickup truck version is pretty big. The SUV is going to be pretty big as well, but it's going to be a little bit shorter in length. Uh, but I don't think – the width or, or anything is going to change. So as far as like squeezing into that uh, Whole Foods parking lot compact space, it's not going to happen. Good luck with that. But <laughs> at least when you do do it with uh, the SUV, it won't stick out as quite as far as, as the pickup. And if you have to adjust, you can move sideways. That's right. With the crab walk, which actually uh, they were demoing that. I didn't get a chance to go out and do it, but they were demoing that for like a day or two at Barrett Jackson. And people were shooting videos from like inside the vehicle. And it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. Um, the only thing it's, it's interesting is, <laughs> is, you know, the most used version of the crab walk is not going to be off-roading like it was intended. It's going to be 100%. It's going to be kind of backing into a parallel parking spot or when you're trying to you pull it into your garage and you realize you're too close to the wall or the car next to you and you can't get out so you crab walk it over, you know, just a little bit. Like and that's all it's going to do. It's going to be for parking. <laughs> Most definitely. Uh but it's, it's a novelty. It is, but it's a cool novelty. It's a right? cool feature. Um the the SUV like the truck uh, has has independent motors, right? So there's no like limited slip differential in the rear, but the motors can sync up to simulate that, so they can run independently, uh, or they can run basically in sync without a mechanical connection. So it really does have some cool benefits that I'm sure when you're getting into off roading or even just handling on the freeway. Uh, I there's no real torque figure to quote because they're doing a thing with the electric motors and they're saying it's it, eleven thousand. Like yeah, this one is eleven thousand five hundred, but it's not really producing that in the way we think of pound feet of torque that an engine produces. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't 
get that number in your head too much, although it is fair to say you can get the number of 830 horsepower and 0 to 60 in three and a half seconds in your head. Now, as batshit crazy as that is and as much fun as that is, uh, we're going to have to start talking about the braking system at some point, right? This truck is <laughs> massive. And uh, what's the what, what's the curb weight on? I don't know. It's got to be it. I mean, six thousand pounds, right? It's like it's got to be with the battery weighing as much as it does. Exactly. Uh, I would the, think it weigh more. And the size of the vehicle, it's got to be. It's got to. It's got to weigh a ton, and they've got to do something with electric motors. Uh, you know, sort of the braking in the motors because we don't. There's not like a compression. Like we let our foot off the the brake or the the gas in our in our normal vehicles and the compression of the engine and whatnot and some friction can start to slow it down. So and I know when some of the electric vehicles are out there, that's simulated. It it and I don't know if it's just on the braking system or in the electric motor, but there's gonna have to be some version of this thing to get it to stop. Now hitting that zero to sixty in three and a half seconds does have a a launch mode to it. It's not the normal configuration. You have to also put the vehicle in, you know, like Tesla has a ludicrous mode or something crazy mm-hmm. going on. So these cars are going to have that as well. They're going to have their version, whatever they're going to call it. I'm not exactly sure. Um, and I, I don't exactly know what the range is going to be on this. Uh, I, I'm, you know, usually that stuff, you get kind of an estimate. Like they're saying an estimated 250-mile range for the SUV. Again, because of that smaller battery, um, hmm. but we'll see how things come out. And now, after talking to you know to Alistair at Edmonds so many times, uh, the range can be a little misleading. Like you, you need a real world test uh, to do it. And believe me, I'm sure the people over at Edmonds are going. We cannot wait to range test these Hummers just because they want to drive <laughs> these things and yeah. do a crab walk and do whatever. And 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 I'm I'm curious to know if. Uh, if some of those features of the vehicle will play a toll on the range of the battery, battery because you have to use the range. Exactly. As much as we'd love to have the three-motor, 830-horsepower version because it's fast as hell, you know the range is going to be longer on the two-motor, 625 version, right? We've seen this with uh, quite a few of the EV cars, the Mustang Mach-E, which has really been getting a lot of attention recently, as people have been testing it and doing more comparisons to the EVs that are out there, this is the hot newcomer. This is, you know, in not so many words, people are quoting it as the Tesla killer, you know. Um, not that the company's going anywhere. It's just a, a, a turn of phrase to to get the attention, you know, to get people's attention on something a little bit different other than EV. Now, the Hummer truck, the Hummer pickup truck that is coming out, um, I believe that's a 2024 model. Okay, the pickup truck is going to be a 2022. The SUV is going to be a 2024. So we still have a little bit of a wait before that comes out. Now, keep in mind that there's going to be some heavy competition when this comes out. These are sort of the novelty version of of the the electric truck market, right? We're going to have electric Ford F one hundred and fifty. Yes, uh, Ford just announced, or sorry, uh, Chevy just announced as well. They're going to have an electric Chevy Silverado pickup truck. Now, this needs to do something very different than what the Hummer would do, right? This needs to be a much more a functional truck, a potential work truck, uh, tow ability. So, the Chevy Silverado version could have a range up to 400 miles. Uh, it'll be uh, somewhere in the 2023 or 24 model. It'll still be sold alongside the gas engine version of the truck. This is going to be just an addition to the lineup. What's interesting, though, is the Silverado pickup, I believe, is going to be built as the same factory as the Hummer and the Hummer SUV, not necessarily on the same platform, but they're going to be built side by side. And then I guess the Silverado gas engine version will be built wherever they're building it right now. Um, so expect Hummer, the truck and SUV, Silverado EV. F-150 hybrid and EV, 
And then we've got Rivian coming out with their truck and their SUV, which seems to be getting a lot of attention. It's looking really well. Uh, I believe Lordstown is another one that's coming out. Um, I want to see all the towing comparisons when they all come out. You know yeah. how they've been touting them, obviously, in the past five or six I, years. You know, I'll tell you, is is. I agree. Like on paper, that's going to be the first thing for us to compare. That's going to be easy. What are we looking at for performance and towing capability and range? Like those are going to be the first three things everyone looks at. How fast is it? What's the range? What does it tow? But the most interesting part is going to be when you get into these vehicles and you start to look at the quality and the fit and finish and how easy they are to to do maintenance on how accessible some of the bits are going to be uh you know as an example this came up with uh, uh this is one of the things that like came up on my shift and steer podcast we weren't talking about EVs but we were talking about some used cars and uh little things like Brad Fanshawe had to change the uh the the fuel pump on one of his trucks one of his older trucks and he was saying what a pain in the ass it is to have to go under it, unbolt the tank, the lines, drop the tank down to access the pump on top of the fuel tank. Whereas That's if you can even get to it. Right, right. <laughs> However, there are some vehicles where you can go to the back seat, you pop up the back seat, and the fuel pump is right there. And it's super easy. So just that thought process of making maintenance items accessible – is going to be one of the things you'll want to consider with the EV trucks. And I say the EV trucks specifically because a lot of people will be looking to modify them and actually take them off-road. And where are we as far as like off-road fenders and suspensions and lift kits? And what can we do in the EV world that we've been doing in uh, the the petrol world, right, and the gas engine world with these trucks, and diesel world with these trucks, and Jeeps and things like that. If you're going to do a cool off road truck, and Hummer specifically is saying this has off road capabilities, it changes ride height and the crab walk and and all kinds of cool stuff. Well, of course, the aftermarket's going to go. Oh, what what else can we do? Absolutely, you know. But if everything is a pain in the ass to work on. <laughs> you know, you're going to find very quickly someone's going to go, oh, the Hummer's very cool, but it's too difficult to modify. Whereas, let's say the Silverado, which is the same company, they're going, that platform is much easier or Rivian is much easier. So I, we'll see. Just I'm a, very I, curious to see that also. Yeah. Uh, you know, the advantage of Hummer and Ford and Chevy is they have the dealer infrastructure, they have the the service departments, they have a lot of that in place. Uh, Lordstown, uh, I believe that's what it's called, Lordstown and Rivian, you know, they've got some work to do. They've got some dealer stuff, I guess, they got to put together. They've got, I don't know, maybe partners they're going to have to work on uh, training and, you know, just things that are new to them other than just building vehicles where a lot of these things have been in place for so long with existing dealers that there there is a process right there's there's a process on creating a a new Ford dealer or Chevy dealer and how do you train up people and how do you buy into it and and well the success of the vehicle is going to have a lot to do with the easy transition if there is one yeah yeah i would i would agree with that i think it's going to be um uh it's going to be interesting. And all of those vehicles are really getting a lot of attention, a lot of positive attention. Um, as the newcomer, Rivian's been getting a lot of attention. And I know we've said this before is because I kind of felt like they made some smart moves as, as a company. And yes, they took some big investments, but they took some big investments from partners like Ford and Amazon and doing that deal with Amazon to build and deliver 100,000 electric delivery trucks is a super smart business move. Instead of just saying, hey, we're going to give you a huge chunk of our company, we're going to be able to make product for you. So they're going to get sales. They're going to get revenue. And what we're talking about as far as maintaining those trucks and and learning uh, you know, from the first – 
truck to the, you know, there's a hundred thousandth truck, how that's going to evolve. This is a great way for a company, uh, for Rivion to release the first, I don't know, 200 trucks. Right. It's in-house R&B. That's it. It's and perfect. And they have a client <laughs> paying for it. They have a client going, hey, let's start testing these on the road. And That's not going to bitch about its uh, you know, shortcomings. Right. And out of the public eye, you can pull <laughs> faulty vehicles off the road, figure out why, improve them, fix them, and roll out replacements that look exactly the same, the same gray, the same – you know. It's- Perfect. When you're doing a fleet version of that, I just thought it was kind of a smart business move. So when they say Rivian is looking to go public via an IPO, maybe at the end of the year, and the valuation is $50 billion, uh, I believe it. And I, I don't really question it because I think that- I do too. I just want to see one move. of these damn trucks going down the road because we've been talking about Rivian as the hot topic yeah. for two years. yeah. Actually, I've seen more pictures now of the Amazon delivery truck from Rivian than anything else, and they've been. Uh, uh, I I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm told that they've already got a few on the roads in California. Maybe not in LA, but maybe outside of LA, San Bernardino, or maybe they're going to some of their delivery hubs. And uh, I was in Santa Monica driving my truck, driving the Lightning. And the Amazon delivery truck guy rolls up next to me, and he's like, "Hey, man, love your truck." And I was like, "Hey, when do you get your electric? Uh, <laughs> when do you get your electric delivery truck?" And he's like, "Yeah, we've they've been talking about us, you know, internally. It's starting to come down to them, you know. They're starting to hear word." He goes, "I think we're still a few months away before he's like my area starts to get it. So uh, maybe in the summer uh, we'll start to see around LA some some of the EV, uh, some of the Rivian delivery trucks." Uh, but it was it was funny and it was kind of exciting to have the Amazon delivery guy one be a car guy and two be excited about being one of the early drivers to test the EV uh, delivery truck. So uh, anyway, it was nice well, chatting are, that well, guy. Well, if there are anything like the UPS drivers that that for a, a long period of time couldn't do anything but take a left, reminiscent of NASCAR. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it was fun chatting with that guy as well. So uh, we'll uh, hopefully hear more about those those trucks as they start to, to hit the road. Let me tell you guys about Geico. You own your home or you rent your home, and it can be quite a bit of work. But you know what's easy? It's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because we already know you have so much to do around your home already. So just go to geico.com, get a quote, and save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Uh, a car that you can't fit in. <laughs> I, feel well, like we can, I feel like we can intro a lot of conversations with that. Um, you know, uh, Chris will remember this. When Adam was doing, I think, the last two – I think the last two – years of the Toyota Grand Prix, the Toyota Long Beach Grand Prix, which you did as well. And they shoved you into a, I don't know how long, you, if you were like driving the Celicas. Yeah, you were doing the Celicas. The last two oh. years or so were the uh, the Toyota, the FRS, right? Which was the little naturally aspirated boxer engine, the, mm-hmm. the Subaru counterpart, Subaru had the BRZ. And then Toyota changed the name to the 86. Uh, this sounds really small. Yeah. And now the Toyota for 2022 is the GR86, uh, and it's a revised version. This is still a very good kind of entry-level sports car, just kind of raw sports car for you guys that are that are into that market, right? Rear-wheel drive. You can get it with a manual transmission. Uh, instead of the 2-liter now, it's a 2.4-liter uh, four cylinder. The horsepower is up to 232, which is a 27 horsepower bump. Um, it's got more torque. It's 184, which is a 28 uh, pound feet bump. Uh, I believe the BRZ, I think the BRZ had a little bit more horsepower than the Toyota version, and it still does, but it's like four horsepower. So I, it's just a, I don't know, it's a tuning issue or it's a exhaust routing issue, just something simple like that. Uh, and it, it, 
it actually looks good. The facelifted version looks good. Um, as soon as Toyota announced this, they followed it up with uh, aftermarket accessories. There's a front splitter. There's a few things that you can do to it, which is interesting is when you look at this, the side profile of it kind of looks like a baby Porsche Panamera, you know, but two-door version. It's got this this scoop behind the front fender and it's got kind of a high hip in the back and, you know, it kind of bubbles back like, you know, hatchback style. And it it's kind of cool. I mean, I drove an early version of this, the FRS, and, uh, you know, Adam raced it at, at Long Beach and and uh, I don't know. It's like it's – I don't want to say gutless because <laughs> – because, uh, you know, with that horsepower rating and uh, uh, and the price point where you get into this vehicle, it it's – you know, it, it it's meant to be a jumping off point. Like you can have this thing. You can get in it. You can drive around town and have a fun little sports car. Uh, or if you want to get into modifying it, which is interesting. I, I remember when it came out, a lot of people were talking, saying the the engine's a little fragile. You're going to have time, a tough time boosting it with a turbo or a supercharger or something like that. And then I don't know if just that was true or not or nobody cared, but it seemed like there was all sorts of, of aftermarket parts coming out for the thing and supercharger kits and I want to say like Vortec had a kit and maybe Edelbrock had like a twin screw kit. And and I don't know. I just see – I drove the thing and as soon as I drove – actually, Adam drove it as well. Obviously, he drove the street version and then the racing version. And he was like, it doesn't need to be real fast, but an extra 60, 70 horsepower would be perfect. And I think that's what they're doing with these superchargers. They're getting 60, 70, 80 horsepower out of them. So – uh, it's a, it's a it's a cool car. It it comes in. It's it's the junior version of like the Toyota Supra, right? Which is out now, um, and the upcoming Nissan Z, right? Uh, that'll be four hundred horsepower, you know. Uh, and those cars, well, the Supra two point it's got the turbo for the little BMW engine and then it's got the six cylinder engine and it, you know, and then you're starting to get into that $50,000, 50 plus thousand dollar range. Um, this BR 86, I think is going to be under 30 grand uh, to start. Now, the interesting thing is Nissan said, well, maybe they didn't say, but it was leaked somehow that the entry price, the the base price of the Nissan Z is going to be thirty four nine ninety five. So at thirty five grand, and I assume just one engine available right now for thirty five grand. If you didn't want any options, let's just say you just wanted a lightweight racer, or you wanted to do your own stuff later, seats and whatever. Uh, you, it comes with seats. I meant mod, you know, I mean upgrade the seats. <laughs> I didn't mean it came, didn't come with seats. Uh, you know, somewhere around that $35,000 mark, you get a 400 horsepower sports car with a manual transmission, right? You can get the manual and the, and the Z. There's no uh, conversation about what they've decided in that situation. <laughs> Which one to pick? Yeah, I, I kind of think the Z is going to be, going to be interesting. Um, and it's now, going to be a very interesting price point, you know. Yeah, thirty to forty grand for a lot of vehicles in the next year. I, I think, yeah, it's going to be really. I mean, look at the Bronco. Yeah, the the Bronco. Oh, speaking of Bronco, so uh, Bronco Sport because that's the one that's selling and it's on the lots everywhere. Um, already, the only are, one. Yeah, that's it's the only one. People are getting them. They're already taking them to their to their performance shops to their you know. Uh, and I saw recently somebody had it already tuned to 300, I think 305 horsepower. They got it. So Bronco sports with a little bit of tuning, 305 Mm. horsepower they're getting out of it. I actually drove it and it it didn't lack power. Like it was cool, but the idea of a 300 horsepower version is, is, is interesting that that's just a tune away. I don't think there's any real modifications. I other than 
the factor being octane, right? Like you guys can get 93, we get 91. So you can probably get a tuner that boosts that thing up to whatever, 300 horsepower. We're probably going to be like 290, probably going to lose about 10, 15 horsepower out of the thing. Um, but people are saying the 300 horsepower version that they're tuning it to is significantly more fun. So then I start thinking, what was the the Raptor version we talked about, the Warthog, right? And that's rumored to have the 400 horsepower engine out of the Explorer ST. So that could be kind of fun, but that's going to be the big Bronco, not the Bronco Sport, right? So we'll kind of see how these things uh, pan out. But already, I would just say predict that it will be the most customized vehicle in the history of automotive. I, I think production. it is. I mean, arguably, you know, Jeep has taken that that mantle for so long because every Jeep is modified in some way. It seems like personalized, which is the platform that they wanted. The point. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, and Ford is doing such, putting in such an effort to to get a piece of that market share, right? And. Uh, uh, I can't imagine how many Bronco sports at least we're going to see at SEMA. And I know there's been delays on the full-size Bronco coming out, but you know nobody's more irritated about that than the aftermarket leading up to the SEMA show. Because people are – everyone's yeah. submitting their proposals going, we want to get a Bronco. we got to develop parts. we got to hit SEMA. And if you keep delaying the product or whatever, it's like what's what's – What's going to happen? And it's just going to be it's going this to be mad really rush. interesting. Yeah, this SEMA is going to be really interesting. And I'm not talking about just the builders that want to modify the vehicle for the show. I'm talking about all of the companies that want to make parts for it. Saying, "Hey, we want to yeah. take the fenders off and do our fenders, and we want to do a rooftop for it, and we want to do this for it, and and uh, we want to look at the suspension and see what kind of modifications we can make and skid plates and things like that." You know, and mm-hmm. if. If they get a vehicle in, you know, September, they're like, yeah, the meter's running as far as R&D on getting these products, you know, at least getting prototypes built for for SEMA. So uh, delays. But all of that, all of it, you, you've got to believe that all of that has been done because they did the virtual measure, right, of the Bronco, didn't it? You know, that's a good question. I don't remember if like SEMA Garage has done a measuring session for the vehicle yet. They because they did the Land Rover Defender that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. Did they do a TRX? On, you know. Yeah, I don't know if they did the the Bronco yet. Maybe they did Bronco Sport. I don't know if they did the full size Bronco yet, which should be interesting. I would imagine a lot of these companies with relationships to Ford are reaching out and to SEMA and saying. If we can't get a vehicle, can we at least start getting some CAD data? Can we start getting some 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 program data to to let us start developing? You have to think they've been sharing that information. I mean, especially considering the circumstances over the past year to two years and the yeah. timing of all of this and the ball that they or, or the the time or the the situations that they missed because of what's going on. They have to be forward thinking and letting that information out because it behooves all of them. Yeah, yeah, I would think so, but uh, well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see how it goes. But <laughs> it's uh, going to be really interesting as we applied for Goldberg Garage's space earlier today. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. Uh, all right, let me tell you guys about McGuire's, uh, a new sponsor, um, but a longtime friend of ours. Over the past few years, Meguiar's has launched the next generation of protective products specifically geared toward DIYers. They have a line of hybrid ceramic products. Their, uh, their first one is their hybrid ceramic spray wax. You'll find this in the bright blue bottle. It's, it has their advanced SiO2 hybrid technology that delivers the ceramic wax, wax protection and durability beyond traditional wax. Their next product is their ceramic... That are hybrid ceramic liquid wax. This is the long-lasting ceramic protection in an easy-to-use wax. Uh, that's their liquid wax. The ceramic spray detailer. This is perfect for in-between boosted maintenance. It removes dust, fingerprints, bird droppings, all the little things that you find on your car. It's an easy way to get a ceramic product in between your full wax. 
Um, and then their newest product where, that you should check out is their Hybrid Ceramic Wash and Wax. This is in the bright orange bottle. It's a unique two-liquid system together in one bucket. You add them together, you wash your car, and it does a wash and wax all at once for you. So Meguiar's has a hybrid ceramic solution for everyone. Ceramic made easy. It's Meguiar's. <laughs> because I find myself now in the predicament that, you know, I've got the wraps, I've got the ceramic coat on top of the wrap. Yeah. But I still really need to figure out how to wash the damn vehicle the easiest way possible, uh, the most effective way possible. Because if you go, if you use a pressure washer, there's still a bit of film of dirt on top of the car. So I want Expel to come back on here and teach me how to wash these vehicles properly (laughs) (laughs) because it's really difficult. I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm crying, but it's a, they make it sound very easy. And I'm sure that if done properly, it's easy, but I must be doing it the wrong way. So we need another tutorial on how to care for these vehicles that are wrapped and ceramic coated and because they carry a bit of film on, quote unquote. I mean, literally a film of dirt and it has to be wiped off. But is that if you don't wash the car often, you know, if you leave it on, if you leave it dirty for a week and a half, is it, do you have to physically wipe the car? It's a weird deal because they have the protectant and they have the yeah. in-between wash. And just like you described for Meguiar's, yeah. I just want a simple tutorial on it now. Yeah. Well, that's a good well, question. I think you get should, it? Yeah. We should talk to either Expel or Meguiar's and see if uh, if they've got some thoughts on this. And uh, I we have seen that. Companies are starting to come out with products specifically for a wrap or a ceramic. But what if you have both? Do you yeah. use one then the other? Do you just one supersede the other? Right. Just, yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to have to get into that. Uh, it's we're just to getting get into too difficult, point. too technical. Yeah, right. Yeah, we've done all this stuff to make the to protect the vehicles, and now we don't know how to wash them anymore. <laughs> That's like, what I'm saying. Because you don't want to screw it up. You don't want to make it like I somebody can't spend- be the only one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, just, just soap and water for now until we figure it out. Yeah, just just regular. By the way, not just regular car wash soap. Like a, it's like a car wash soap. Don't don't there bust again. out. Yeah. Don't bust out the Dawn what, or the. Uh, what, but what soap olive. do you use? Do you use a ceramic coat? You know, a, a soap that tends to the ceramic coating, or, or do you use one that's more specific on the wrap itself? Put the wraps covered up with the ceramic coating. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, so it's just yeah. A, I'm well, just getting confused it, with it, all of it. It's, it's a good, lot of great info and a lot of great products. It's just, if not done, if not taken care of properly, it's a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. And we should, we should, we should walk through it because, you know, there's a lot of people spending a lot of money on ceramic coatings or or paint protection films, um, even cars with with just graphics and stuff. Uh, you know, again on on Shift and Steer, we were talking about. We told the story again of uh, uh, Brad's friend went and bought the Lamborghini Aventador SV, and it was white uh, with the SV graphic on the side. And the guy's like, mm-hmm. oh, "Okay, well, I'll buy it. Order it me. Order it that way." And he's like, can you tell me that I'm going to have the only one? He's like, yes, you're the only one. Certainly all of Southern California, uh, Orange County, you're going to be the only one with that configuration. Soon as he gets the car, he pulls up to a Cars and Coffee and a guy pulls up and, and it was at the dealer of the Cars and Coffee. Same white Aventador with the big SV on the side. So he gets out, marches over to the salesman and goes, what the hell, man? You just sold me this car and said, I have the only one with an SV. He goes, you're the only one with the uh, SV vinyl sticker. Yeah, you got the vinyl sticker. His is painted on. And then, uh, (laughs) and... Which is interesting, right? Paint versus vinyl. So they went over, they talked to the two SV owners, and the guy's like, yeah, I got the painted one. What'd you pay for yours? What'd you pay for whatever? And the painted guy was like, 
yeah, mine was $60,000 or $70,000. And he goes, my vinyl sticker from Lamborghini was $30,000. So if you're going to spend $30,000 on a giant SV sticker on the side of your car, you better find the right goddamn soap to wash it with. <laughs> Bingo. Right? So you don't screw it up. <laughs> but it sounds uh-huh. ridiculous, but it's true, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, people have got worse problems in the world. I just wanted to touch on that because it's getting very frustrating. That's all. Uh, yes. Um, all right. So, because that actually, I I went over uh, last week after we did uh, this show. I got a call from a friend's over at Galp and Ford and said, "Your car is not in yet." I was like, "Great. Why are you calling me?" And they said, "Well, <laughs> they said your car is not in yet because you ordered the performance pack, but." Bo Bachman, who owns our dealer, he ordered VIN number three because he's been doing it forever and he's allowed to. His car did arrive. Would you like to come and see it? And I said, fantastic. So I went down there and I got to see his car in person. He ordered the same, basically the same configuration color. He's got the fighter jet gray. He's got the appearance package giant Brembo's, all that. He ordered it with the Recaro seats, and I didn't. We talked about that already. Um, And I got the performance and handling package, and he didn't because it wasn't available for him to get VIN number three. They gave him the option. They said, hey, Bo, we know you always order a car when a new car comes out. You you usually get VIN number three. I think he gets VIN three or five, and he can pick, but he usually likes three. They said, so we've already got it allocated for you, but you can't get the performance pack. You've got to order it a certain way. You choose. Now, here's your dilemma. And uh, and uh, knowing Bo, Bo was just like, get me VIN number three because I want it. And then later, I'll just get a performance pack version and I'll just do what I want with it, right? <laughs> so uh, so he, he has the luxury of doing that. Um, so I went down and I saw it and I had the conversation like what you're talking about with these guys. And I said, hey – it's the appearance pack has the really cool graphics over the hood, the Mach One graphics. It has like a gloss black that goes to a, an orange pinstripe to a satin black. And I said, "How do you cover this?" And he's like, "Oh, it's a pain in the ass." He goes, "You could do a couple things. You can put a if you put a paint protection film over it, it's going to look a little weird between the satin and the gloss because the satin is going to look gloss." He goes, "So we can just cut around it and just do." The paint protection film and then the Ford graphics or you can do the paint protection film, the Ford graphics and then cut out other paint protection film to go over the Ford graphics, gloss over gloss and satin over satin and do it that way. And I just finally said, "I all of this is already sounding to, starting to sound expensive. What if we just tore all the graphics off? You guys painted graphics on there for me, and then we just wrapped it. And he said, you could do that as well, but you'd still have the satin finish and the gloss finish. You'd still have to do two separate. And I was like, I don't, you know, already it's just like, I don't know what to do with it. Um, Wait till you have to care for it. Yeah, right. Well, now all of a sudden I was like, good thing I don't have the car yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Anyway, that being said, uh, uh, testing has been happening. There's been some press events where they've been taking people out and driving these cars. And uh, without getting into you know, me trying to gush over the car, naturally I love it already because I've driven all of the Mustangs, GT500s, 350s, Bullets, whatever. Uh, it is turning out to be everything we thought it was going to be. Um, but the things that are – Specific to you guys in the Mustang world or in the sports car world looking at this car, here's some of the relevant things would be the car is more dialed in than the Mustang bullet. This is basically an evolution of the bullet, right? Um, Roughly the same amount of horsepower to the 480 horsepower. The GT is 460. They did an intake, some tuning. They got 480. So it's essentially that same 480 horsepower engine. Um, but it has the Tremec transmission out of the GT350. The the Getrag, I think, whatever, the GT, 
I don't know, 82 or whatever the transmission is in that thing, had a lot of issues. Um, people were, were were breaking them. They were making funny sounds. There were some lawsuits. And, and Ford just said, hey, on this car, you're going to get the Tremec that seems to shift well, handle power. Uh, that's the biggest mechanical difference is the transmission. And everybody who drove it, if you're, if you're going to get the automatic, you're going to get the same 10 speed and it's great. But – uh, compared to the Bullet, this has the better transmission. Compared to the GT350, which is, you know, the 520 horsepower engine, the flat plane crank, and whatever, they're saying this one, this car, is a smoother ride because now Ford has more time to dial in the Magna ride, the adjustable suspension. And this car has taken suspension pieces from the GT350 and the GT500 and combined them in sort of the best of the best mm-hmm. uh, configuration, right? As far as price point and comfort. Um, so now that we no longer have a bullet and we're no longer selling a new GT350, we have a GT and a GT performance back. Then we have this Mach 1 that fits in there. And then you have the GT500. Uh, and the GT500, so you guys know, that seven-speed Tremec uh, dual-clutch transmission, the paddle shifter that's in it, is fantastic. And if you get a Mach 1 with a 10-speed automatic, it is not the same. You can still get paddle shifters and stuff, but what they did with the GT500 is nuts. That transmission is fantastic uh, without being a you know it is a manual transmission that you just simply have to use the paddles for it is it is pretty badass but if you really want to row the gears on your own uh with a three pedal system the Mach 1 seems to be where it's at um there is a bit of a noticeable comfort difference between the high performance handling pack and not having it so the the suspension is stiffer uh my friends that I talked to that tested it said it's it's great either way, but if you're absolutely looking for the most comfortable ride, maybe the handling pack is not what you want. So maybe Bo Bachman wins with his VIN number three without the handling pack. Um, then the, the, the last thing I want to point out is unlike the GT350, the GT350 didn't have rev matching because they – they didn't have rev matching available with the Tremec transmission. So when you downshift, uh, you, you, you can heel toe on your own, obviously, but if you wanted the computer to do it, it wasn't available. The Mach 1 has it. You can turn it on or off. So if you want to uh, – which is interesting because I, the Bullet had it, I believe, but without the Tremec transmission. And Adam's uh, 370Z anniversary car has it. And what's nice is you can turn it on. You can do a few turns, even around town, have it rev match for you, and then you can turn it off and you can heel toe and try to get it as fast as the car, right? So so it's almost like practicing, but That's having cool. an instructor in the car with you. Yep. Um, Baseline. Yeah, which is, which is cool. Now, the other feature that I didn't know it had until everybody went and did the testing event is it has a no-lift upshift. So the the downshift is the rev matching. The upshift is if you're at full throttle, basically anything over 5,000 RPMs, and it's a 7,400, I think, RPM rev line. So if you're drag racing it or you're even on a track and you're hitting that straightaway, if you put that that throttle to the floor above 5,000 RPM, you can bang the gears without lifting the gas. And now, in the drag racing world, this whatever you want to call it, a speed shift, uh, you can a lot of guys do that. And if you're quick enough, you wouldn't grind the gears, right? You can just floor it and just so quick on the shift, uh, you can do that. Now it's a feature built in where it it uses the computer to protect the transmission and not grind the gears. Uh, 
And once I heard that, I was like, God damn it. You should have invited me to that event because now Bad I wanted no to, job. now I wanted to like be there with the Ford guys to go explain it to me. I want to try it. Let's get in there and do it. So a couple of cool features, uh, on, on the Mustang Mach 1 that I'm looking forward to is, uh, is that is the no lift upshifts and the rev matching downshifts. Uh, it should be a, a pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool uh, feature set. Um, now, of course, it still has its drag race mode and its launch mode and everything else. But now you can do the launch mode and keep your foot planted on the manual shift cars. The automatic one, it That's doesn't huge. make a difference. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. Um, all right. Before we wrap things up, you know, Dodge has officially opened orders on the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. Oh, we've talked about this before. It's the most powerful SUV ever. Only 2,000 units will be made. They're exclusive for 2021. You better hurry out and talk to your dealer because they're all pretty much sold. You might be able to find something that's on a dealer lot because you never know. Listen, the Viper was discontinued four years ago, and they just sold two new ones. Dealers sold them because dealers had got them, held them. As the value went up, and now they saw, I think they sold four Vipers last year and two Vipers this year alone, and they were brand new Vipers. They just happened to be a few years old. You'll um, see that happening with the Superstock, I bet. I bet you're going to start to see that. Yeah, they're going to start to do stuff like that. But uh, uh, the Durango SRT is, uh, uh, you know, it's got some new features for 2021 as well, both the RT model and the SRT model, new exterior styling, new interior, driver-centric cockpit. All buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Rad- Radford? I, I'm gonna Radford. Say Radford. I'm going to say Radford High Performance Driving School, formerly the Bondurant School, uh, so which is also going to be fun. We've all done that of that school before. and We absolutely love it. And, you know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power, the first brand ever to get quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule a test drive. Oh, man, I think uh, – I think we're about wrapped up. What's going on with you? Anything? What's new? How's the How's the garage? Footing, footing's going in at two p.m. Oh, really? All right. Well, we better let you go. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, um, good. They can They can do them without me for sure. <laughs> uh, right on. Well, uh, have fun with that, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Until next time, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.